Y'all, we appreciate Samuel Merritt University so much for continuing to help keep this podcast going. They want us to tell you about their new Advance Your Practice Scholarship. They're offering a $10,000 scholarship to anyone who enrolls in their MSN, DNP, or Family Nurse Practitioner programs. Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years. If you're interested in getting more information about the programs, you can visit them at fnp.samuelmerritt.edu and show them how much you appreciate them for sponsoring our podcast. That's fnp.samuelmerritt.edu. And as always, we'll put that link on our website at goodnursebadnurse.com. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to trustedhealth.com, be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. Hey, everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back to those of you who've listened to us before and are kind enough to keep listening to our little podcast. And welcome to those who are first time listeners. On this podcast, I always have another healthcare professional, usually a nurse. And together we tell you stories of nurses and other healthcare professionals doing both good and bad things. So today, my guest host is a longtime friend of the podcast and me, Nurse Jair. Welcome back. So, always great to have you here. Yay! I'm so excited to do this again with you, Tina. I feel like I've been on the show for how many years now? I don't even know. It feels like forever, but I've only been, yeah. been the show's only been around three years, so we're going on four. Well, we have two very interesting stories to talk about, but before we get into the bad nurse story, I want to very quickly let you know about the good nurse story that we're going to talk about later on in the show, because I know some of you guys don't stick around for that part. I know you're all of the true true crime junkies like I am, and you listen to the bad nurse story and then bail on me. So it is going to be about a very interesting court case that's going on right now in Wisconsin. And it was brought to my attention by a listener who also follows us on Instagram. Her name is Britt. And so we're recording this on Sunday morning, the 23rd of January in 2022. And there, this has all kind of happened just this previous week. And it is about a group of seven hospital employees who put in their resignation, tried to go to another hospital. And then the hospital that they were leaving basically took them to court to try to prevent them from being able to start working at this other hospital until they were able to replace them. And anyway, we're going to talk about this, but there is a GoFundMe account for these employees because they're not able to work <laughs> until this is all kind of settled. Now, this is going to release Tuesday morning, and there may be a court hearing on Monday, so there could be updated information. So just letting you know, we will try to put some updated information on social media. But by the time this releases, we may already have a resolution. So we'll see. You guys look into it. Check out their GoFundMe account. They're trying to raise $50,000. They're kind of getting close to it. It's really great. That's not a lot, though, when you divide that by seven. But it is called the ThetaCare 7 if you look on GoFundMe. So anyway, we're get, we'll get into that later on in the show. For now, we will get started on this bad nurse story. But I do want to warn you guys that the bad nurse story is quite disturbing. It involves elements of child abuse. So just to give you a little trigger warning there, Jarena, this is uh, probably you know hard for you. It's hard for me. These stories, sometimes I, 
I think, I don't want to do this. It's way too, it's way too dark. It's too, it's just too much, too heavy. But then I don't want to, I, I'm not the kind of person who wants to pretend like this stuff doesn't happen. That's why I do the show. That's why I do the, the bad nurse part. I feel like that's not healthy to bury our heads in the sand. And so I, I wanted, I didn't want to just put it to the side and not talk about it. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's important for us to be like realistic and transparent so other people can know that this stuff, it really happens and it's okay. And there are like ways out, there's ways to be resilient even after those type of experiences. Absolutely. Well, having said that, this is the story of Gary Shipley, a surgeon, and his wife, Gloria Shipley. She was a pediatric nurse. Gary and Gloria were married in 1988, and they relocated to a city in Indiana. At the time of their marriage, Gloria's nursing license was suspended due to a failure to complete a drug rehabilitation program. She had become dependent on prescription medication after surgery that she had in the mid-80s. And then additionally, Gary was on probation from the Indiana Medical Licensing Board due to allegations of improperly prescribing medication for relatives. So both of them were kind of in some hot water when all of this took place. Gary had been previously married and had three children from his previous marriage. Danielle was age eight, Amy age five, and Krista age three. They're 35 years old, reportedly obsessed with control and authority when it came to raising their children. And then there were other reports that said from people that said they were caring and, but, but distressed. They, you know, were under a lot of stress, but some people viewed them as being caring parents. You know, I say that because, you know, they viewed them that way. That doesn't mean that they saw all of the things that go on, you know, go on behind closed doors, especially when it comes to children. You know, I've said before on this podcast, I had a very difficult childhood, very difficult. So I empathize with the children in the story. I can also, I also understand that people can be accused of things that they didn't do and things people can misconstrue. I, I understand that as well. This is not one of those cases. I mean, it's just not, if you, you know, once you hear the story there, I don't think, I don't think that there will be any doubt in anyone's mind what happened here. So according to the Shipleys, the children exhibited several behavioral issues and were oftentimes difficult. Okay, that's just children, Jer. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, children are different. Some of them are easier than others. And what, you know, that's no excuse for anything. It's, it's no excuse for abuse, for sure. I know people have different parenting styles, but I don't think there's ever an excuse to be uh, overly aggressive or abusive to a child. Oh, no. No. So there were some behavioral issues, alleged behavioral issues that didn't show themselves into in the in the classroom. They didn't translate over into the classroom. So the teachers were not seeing the behavioral issues that the parents were talking about. Danielle was in kindergarten. She did well in school until her parents withdrew her for several weeks in early 1989. Danielle returned to school battered and covered in bruises. She confided in her concerned kindergarten teacher that her father had struck her, forced her to take cold showers and sleep in the basement. Also forced her to drink liquid soap. When I read this initially, immediately I thought of the Christmas movie, A Christmas Story, and where 
Ralphie's mom puts a bar of soap in his mouth. And I think that people think... Oh, I remember that bar. Yeah, I think people think yeah. that's cute and it's funny. And it was something that parents did back then because they mm-hmm. they thought it was appropriate. Like if they said, you know, had bad language, they were going to wash your mouth out with soap. They didn't see it as abusive. Now we know that that is abusive behavior and is not in any way appropriate. So, you know, you might watch that movie and think, you know, that's funny and cute, but it is not ever appropriate to wash your child's mouth out with soap. Yeah. And the fact that people do that in real life, I've heard of that um, a lot, especially when I was younger and our grandparents, like their generation, they would do that. You say like a bad word or something that they don't like, or like, here's some dish soap, wash your mouth out with soap. That's borderline insane. We're talking about good parents that do that have in the past, you know, that have done this, they really had the right intentions. They thought they were doing the right thing. They mm-hmm. they didn't view it as abusive. And so I, I don't, I think there may be people listening who are going, wait, my, my mom washed my mouth out with soap or whatever. And I'm in no way saying that if this is something that has been done in the past by parents who maybe just didn't realize how dangerous it is to do this to a child. There's so many complications that can come from that. It's not okay to do it, but that I'm not saying that any and every parent that's done this before is abusing their child intentionally. But I just I do want to bring awareness to that and state very you know forthright and unequivocally, it is definitely not appropriate to ever use that as a form of punishment or correction for a child. This little girl Danielle asked her teacher, "Why am I so bad, Miss Bell?" That broke my heart when I read that because clearly. There's, she's doing things at home. She doesn't understand why she's being corrected. She is not relating her behavior that they are seeing as bad to the punishment. Like there, she's not understanding it. She's not getting it. So then she's at school and she's asking her teacher, like, why am I so bad? You know what? She wants to change and she doesn't know how. She's just being a kid and these parents are just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo Technology Company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littman to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes, the 3M Littman Core Digital Stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. And so she was so excited because she could actually hear what heart sounds were supposed to sound like. She said, I'm going to ask for one of these for graduation. And I was like, yeah, you definitely should. So just so you know, the echo technology that makes the stethoscope so amazing. You can enable it with a flip of a switch. You can turn it on and off. It has active noise cancellation up to 40 times amplification, wireless auscultation using Bluetooth technology. It connects with Echo's free app and software so that you can visualize, record, share, live stream, analyze heart sounds, lung sounds, and whatever body sounds you want to listen to. So you can go to echohealth.com and use the promo code GNBN to get $50 off your order. And that's Echo is spelled E-K-O, by the way. So it's echohealth.com and use the GNBN promo code to get $50 off your order. 
Welcome, Leah. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about your experience with CBD Stat. Which product do you actually use? So there's four products, the roll-on, the cream, the salve, and the oil. The two that I use every day are the cream and the oil. What is your biggest benefit? How does it help you? The cream I put on every day after work. I'll shower and then I'll put it on my feet just to help my arches. No more shin splints, just my feet feel more comfortable. And the cream has been a lifesaver there. And then I use the oil to help me sleep. So I just switched jobs. I had been working nights for the last eight years. So the oil was huge on helping me come home and actually get quality of sleep throughout the day. And I wake up feeling well-rested and not groggy like some other medications have made me feel in the past. I didn't realize that about the feet. And I have plantar fasciitis, so now I literally cannot wait to get off here and go try that. And then just the sleep benefit, that one is definitely well known. I hear that a lot in the feedback that I've gotten. As you guys know, their products are 100% THC-free. CBD Stat has a team of engineers that invented a very unique and efficient process to produce CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. They only offer very strong products, greater than a thousand milligrams. If you guys are interested in CBD stat in their product, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse, bad nurse in there so they know that we sent you there. cbdstat.care. Be sure and put .care instead of .com forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. So Danielle was removed from her home by welfare officials, but she was returned a mere two weeks later after her parents swore to seek counseling and had uh, and also to stop paddling her. And I wouldn't call paddling. I don't know. Paddling is whatever, but I guess they swore to stop using physical abuse, uh, physical punishment. So. Dissatisfied by the turn of events, Danielle's school principal urged the prosecutor's office to investigate as he saw this as a a clear sign of uh, child abuse. The Shipleys packed up during the investigation and moved about 40 miles away to Jasper. Danielle was enrolled in a private school and Gary resumed his medical practice. So the decision to relocate would later be challenged and deemed as an attempt to escape the scrutiny of child welfare officials. There was no indictment issued from a grand jury in the summer of 1989. Authorities authorities were supposed to supervise the family, but the Superior Court had ended the Welfare Department's control of the case, having allegedly been told that the Shipleys were no longer a concern. So the Shipleys packed up again in the summer of 1990 and eventually settled in Lake County near Chicago. So the mistreatment and abuse escalated and was not reserved for only one child. Five-year-old Amy began to receive what the parents considered appropriate punishments, including daily beatings with items like a hairbrush. Her nights were often spent locked in the bathroom as punishment for soiling her pants and sneaking food from the fridge. She was also forced to take ice baths and cold showers. She was coerced to drink what Danielle called yucky milk, which was canned milk, which kind of like insure, or I think like maybe like that pet milk, you know, that stuff. That's so disgusting. Yeah. Sprin- oh, that's disgusting enough as it is, I think. But then sp- they would sprinkle it with ground pepper. What is the point of this? What is the point? I can't even. It's so disgusting. In November 1990, an emaciated and weakened Amy choked to death on the pepper-laced milk. 
The Shipleys claimed that she choked on a piece of toast and that Amy's death was accidental. They also reported that they did not withhold food or fluids from her. An autopsy discredited their claim with evidence of malnutrition and dehydration. The Shipleys did, however, indicate that Amy did sometimes sleep in the floor of the bathroom due to her struggle with diarrhea. They also admitted to physical spankings and to adding ground pepper to her foods to dissuade her from overeating. These are health This is a nurse and a surgeon that we're talking about here that I feel like should know better than this nonsense. The Shipleys were charged with murder and neglect. They both maintained their innocent innocence, but were ultimately found guilty. In August of 1991, they were sentenced to consecutive sentences of 50 years for murder and 15 years for neglect. The initial sentence sought would have been a total of 80 years, but the Shipley's lawyer argued that it would be tantamount to the death sentence. Gary Shipley died approximately a year into his sentence from complications from an asthma attack. How ironic is that? So ironic. Gloria, who was serving her sentence in the Indiana women's prison, was unable to attend the funeral. She filed an appeal the following year after Gary's death, but her appeal was denied. Wow. Dear, oh my goodness. I know. It's an awful story. It's just horrible. It was hard just talking about it and, and, you know, researching about it and reading all about these details. I know that from my own childhood, there are things that can go on behind closed doors and you can be very close to an, the parents of, a, of an abused child and think that they are wonderful people, think they're like salt of the earth kind of people, great people, very well respected. And they could even appear to be good parents, like they're loving and caring. And then this sort of thing goes on behind, behind closed doors. And I will tell you that a lot of times children, myself included, you're afraid to talk about it, but you're also ashamed. You think it's your fault. So you don't want to go around telling people what's going on at home because you're ashamed of your behavior. You're ashamed of how you're made to feel. You're, it's all normal. This is normal for you when you're a child. This is your life. You don't understand that this is not the way it's supposed to be. It makes me so sad. One, I think it's a tragic story. The fact that, you know, even with a lot of these stories, sometimes they get older and they realize that those things were not right. The fact that she did not have that chance to even get outside of the situation, that saddens me a lot. And... Her parents were, like you said, they they know better. This is a surgeon and a nurse. Look at the field that they're in to care for people. And then they come home and this is how they treat their child. That's it's disgusting. Yeah. I just want people to pay attention. You know, there, there are a lot of these stories out there. A lot. I think that it's common for, unfortunately, for parents for some reason they have in their head their idea of parenting and and correcting that it's okay that it's appropriate they don't understand i mean i i don't know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to make excuses because i i do feel like in your core you have to know that it's not okay but i I'll, at the same time i do know that some people are just like quote raised that way or that's just the way they are you know when you know better you do better that's one thing that i do know there's things that i've done in my past and I because I didn't know better. And then when I knew better, mm-hmm. I did better. I think Maya, Maya Angelou is the one that said that, you know. And yes. I'll, I've always loved that statement because 
I apply that to myself all the time. You know, there, there are things I can look back at 20 years ago, 30 years ago that I did that I just didn't know better or thought, ways I thought about things, my beliefs, you know. Mm-hmm. You can only, you only have uh, your own experiences, and your own, the knowledge that you have at that time. That's all you have to go on. And so, may, you know, who knows if these parents could have, somebody could have gotten to them, if somehow someone could have known about this behavior and they could have investigated um, further and been a little more aggressive about it. And these parents could have gotten, you know, that when that first thing happened and they said, oh, we promise we'll get counseling. We promise we won't do it again. Well, it should have been forced to get counseling. They should have been forced to go through some sort of education on parenting, on disciplining, on what is appropriate, on what's not appropriate. I agree. They shouldn't have had the option to choose mm-hmm. um, whether or not they were going to go to counseling. That should have been mandatory. Yeah. Absolutely. So I do think that we all need to try to do better to advocate for children. They're vulnerable. They don't even, like I said earlier, they don't even know the world that they're in. They don't understand that they're being abused. They will if they make it through. They will understand it when in their 20s and 30s and 40s. I understood it. Once I was grown, I would look back and think, I still sometimes have a memory and think, that wasn't right. They shouldn't have done that. Or I can't believe that person did that. I still do that. There are things still in my head, I know, as a result of my childhood. Because, you know, you it's sort of warped in there from people that had no mm-hmm. clue of how to be a person, a good human being. You know, it's we have to try to do whatever we can to protect these children. You know, I can say with certainty today that becoming a nurse was one of the smartest decisions I've ever made. It's helped me to gain confidence and it's given me a career that has purpose. I can go home at the end of the day knowing that I've made a difference in someone's life. But look, feeling certain wasn't always the case. I remember getting ready to graduate from nursing school and feeling a lack of confidence about what I was supposed to do next, how to start my career, all of that. So today there's the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. It's designed to help newly graduating nursing students succeed. It's going to help you build your confidence with hands-on clinical experience while developing your critical thinking skills. You'll be supported by a community of experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. You'll also be able to build a foundation for your career at any of HCA Healthcare's 184 hospitals across 19 states. And becoming a nurse resident with HCA Healthcare comes with other great benefits like tuition reimbursement, student loan assistance, clear career pathways to help you achieve your professional goals, and access to company-wide clinical education programs. So if I could give my younger nurse-to-be self any advice, it would have been to apply to the nurse residency program at HCA Healthcare. They are accepting applications right now from nursing students who are preparing to graduate within the next six months or graduate nursing students who have six months or less of experience when they apply. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house, and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house. So it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. 
So I guess we can get started with our good nurse story. I'm really excited to get to talk about this. Yeah, looking over this stuff in the past (laughs) couple of days, a listener sent it in to me. Her name is Britt. And immediately, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. I was like, this has got to be wrong. We are recording this on Sunday morning, the 23rd of January in 2022. Last Thursday, a hospital called ThetaCare requested that a judge temporarily prevent seven of its employees from beginning a new job at another hospital called Ascension. Okay, so these seven employees apparently worked in an interventional radiology where there were 11 people total working, including the seven. So when these seven people put in their resignation, it was going to leave the department unable to provide services. So I think the hospital is saying that there was some collusion on the part of Ascension to poach their employees. And I'm not an attorney, but I think companies can't scheme to take away a large group of employees from a competing company so that it would cripple the company's business. But that's not what Ascension is saying happened. They are saying that an employee of ThetaCare applied for an open position. And when the other employees heard that there were other job openings that apparently had better pay, better hours, better benefits, they applied for those positions and were hired. So these seven employees were employed at will, which should mean, by definition, that they are not under any obligation to stay at Theta Care for a particular amount of time, right? So on Friday, that judge was asked by Theta Care to keep these employees from starting work at Ascension. He ordered an injunction that apparently stops them from being able to work at either hospital. Good job. <laughs> so Monday, they aren't going to be able to go to work at all. So how... How unfair. I These are two separate companies, right? Yeah, two different hospitals. Wow. So now because of this injunction that they aren't going to that the first hospital's not going to be able to provide services, right? Because they they still don't have those employees. It's not like the judge can force those employees to go work at that hospital. One would hope I I'm starting to wonder if we're not heading down some weird road in this country where courts or hospitals are going to try to force RNs and and nurses to work at the bedside. I swear. My husband said, he said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to pass laws saying that if you have a nursing license, you have to work at the bedside. You're not allowed to work in any other field or some crazy thing like that. And I was like, that would never happen. Or even making like nurses work like at the local hospitals. Mm -hmm. In their uh, neighborhood, I mean, not neighborhoods, but their communities, Mm -hmm. I could see that happening, you know. Well, this is all very scary because it's, they're doing everything they can to work around what the obvious solution is to this, and that is to give those healthcare workers more money. That's the obvious answer. Well, those employees gave ThetaCare the opportunity to increase their salary, to offer them the same what, what Ascension was offering, and they politely refused. They said that they did not think that it was in their long-term benefit for this short-term problem, that they don't want to fix this short-term problem by offering more money that in the long, in the, you know, long-term that that's not beneficial to them. And I think that this is the problem all over, all over the country right now, really. Because I think that's what hospitals are thinking, you know, right? We, we just got to get through this little, little hurdle and we don't want to pay our, our staff nurses 
We don't want to give them exorbitant amounts of money that we then have to continue giving them when this whole thing is over. But I don't think it's going away. (laughs) Not anytime too soon. And it seems like they offer every solution, but the right solution. Mm -hmm. And that's just to, that is to pay nurses what they deserve to be paid. Yes. And I don't think, you know, I know that right now there are hospitals, hospitals are having to pay exorbitant amounts of money to nurses to, for, you know, travel nurses. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they should have to pay ridiculous amounts of money, but I do think that there's a huge leap that needs to happen in the pay scale for, for nurses because of the amount of responsibility that's placed on our shoulders, the amount of education that we're required to have in order to do our job, the amount of stress and anxiety. It's worth it. It's worth double mm-hmm. what the average pay is that nurses receive. But I think that hospitals are just thinking we can get around that. We don't have to do that. We'll, we'll get through this. And, uh, you know, they don't want to, they'll short term, they'll pay travel nurses triple or quadruple what the staff nurses are making or more, and then eventually be able to go back to, I I just don't know that that's going to happen. You know, we could spend a whole episode talking about this, but I really just wanted to bring awareness about this. There is a GoFundMe that's been set up, and I would like to ask if you can to go there, go to their GoFundMe account called ThetaCare7X Employee Support Fund and donate what you can. As of now, they've raised over $45,000, and their goal was just 50000 which I don't think is a lot when you divide it seven ways. When you think about how long it could take to get this whole thing straightened out. But I really would like to see them be able to stand their ground on this because I believe it would set a terrible precedent for healthcare workers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, Jer, I really, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Always wonderful to get to talk to you and catch up. Appreciate you being here. Remind everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow my Instagram at xoxo.jer, J-E-H-R. And that's really my main uh, platform for social media. And if you are a nursing student in need of study guides or any other material, you can find me on www.thenursam.com. I offer tutoring sessions every month and study guides and sometimes free study guides. So get signed up. Hey, look, you guys, I, I've said this before. Jer is so talented. She's so smart. She's such a nerd. And you wouldn't even believe it. Like she does. She's like so gorgeous. You wouldn't believe how smart she is. She is, she's got it all. She's the whole package. And oh, oh my gosh, she's like the biggest study freak <laughs> ever. And she's so creative, so creative. I mean, like I have to study and study and study and I have all my ways, but I could never translate that. I don't think over like visually the way she does. As you guys know, I like to talk so I can explain things. I love explaining things. And I do that all the time at work. And I create videos to try to explain things to people. But she is so visual. It's just amazing. So if you're a visual learner, oh, my gosh, the, you want her study guides. Trust me. And she can also obviously explain things verbally. And she does these coaching sessions. I mean, definitely check her out if you need some help with tutoring. And, you know, you can reach me at Tina at GoodNurseBadNurse.com. If I've made you mad, I understand. I say crazy things. My mouth, I just run away with myself sometimes. And so you can send me an email. It's all right. I'm a big girl. I can take it at Tina at GoodNurseBadNurse.com. Also, I love hearing from you guys, sending me your stories, sending me articles about good things good uh, nurses are doing, bad thing nurses, bad things nurses and doctors and whoever else are doing. Um, so I definitely want to hear from you. And I also want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse.